At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. Number three of the Greg Peterson experience on Visa and the Esports Betting Network. And we've got a superb hour coming up for you. As if you missed my DK Network right up from hour number two, we're going to get you that in about 45 minutes. As we're stepping into the college basketball lab this segment, trying to drum up some winners, trying to put some things into some beakers and tep tubes. I don't even know the phrasing of it. There's a reason why I went into communications at radio TV film in college because I didn't want to have to actually do something that was very important like chemistry. But that said, we are going to be stepping into the lab trying to get you guys some winners there. And then in about 15 minutes, we speak with Scott Reichel, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and you're getting a little bit of everything. Some tennis, Australian Open picks, the NFL divisional round. We're going to get covered there with a few picks. I know that there's a few player props. They likes on the board there. NHL, NBA, and so much more. So, little bit of potpourri here on the Greg Peterson experience and also going to get you guys a beer review as well. We've got to celebrate these winners and I think right now I need to take my own notes because these are supposed to be celebratory beers and I've been giving out some low scores recently so maybe it's a little bit of a note to myself after this one as well but I do it because I love you guys and I always love stepping into the lab trying to find ways to be able to make you guys some money so let's step in right now and take a look at what we're getting out there in the heartland of America, out there with Old Dominion and Marshall. Are you looking for the best lines on the market? I don't want to get paid to lose. I want to win! Then sit back and let Greg cook up the best insight in college basketball. Ah, what a fine day for science! And we've got a little bit of a strange line move here. 771, 772 on the betting board. It is a Marshall Old Dominion game with Old Dominion opening up a one half point underdog. Now they're a one point favorite. The Lions game is 156 after 157. And just from watching this Old Dominion team, it just feels like one of those scenes that they can't get right, for lack of a better term, thus far this season. I still remember when they were playing against Georgia State 
It was a game where I believe I laid like six, six and a half on Georgia State in that one. They got down 20 points, Georgia State did, and they still came back to cover that game. And then Old Dominion, I think they've blown three double-figure leads in like their last five games. It has been all sorts of horrible for an Old Dominion team that typically this is a team that really prides themselves on being able to play tough defense. Very unfortunate situation, what did happen with them, by the way. They're coaching Jeff Jones, who's a very good coach. He's away from the team for the rest of the season due to some health issues. And I feel like it's really starting to weigh on this team. And you can tell that the lack of experience at the coaching spot has really been costing this Old Dominion team late in games. You do have a pair of guys in Vashon Alouette, along with Chauncey Jenkins, will be able to combine for about 30.7 points per contest. And they're combined shoot about 35.5% from three-point range. But that's them. You really don't have a lot of shooting with this team. They shoot overall 30.8% from three, 66% at the free throw line. And with being a team that absolutely gives it up from beyond the arc, they are outside the top 275 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. That's rough. And you've got a Marshall team that has had to turn over a little bit of a new leaf. Now, they're still running it and gunning it. Dan D'Antoni always plays a very up-tempo style. And yes, that is of relation to the great Mike D'Antoni. But with Marshall, this team doesn't have as much three-point shooting as they did a season ago. Though Camden Kerfman got off to a really rough start to begin the season. He's been able to pick it up a little bit more, giving you 34% three-point shooting, three and a half assists, 13 and a half points per game. But where Marshall is going to win this game is down low. You've got Nate Martin, who comes in from Texas State, giving you about nine and a half boards, 10 and a half points per game. He and Obiana Onchele Killian have been able to combine for 2.8 blocks per contest. And that's just a really fun name to say in general. With Mr. Onchele Killian shooting 41% from three at right around 6'6", 6'7", to be able to supply the team with 17 points per contest. And even though it's a Marshall team that is not generating as many turnovers as they have in past years, typically this is a Marshall team that you look at them and you think, all right, this team is going to generate a lot of turnovers. They're going to be gambling for those steals. They're not doing as much of that this year. Instead, they're doing a good job hitting the glass, making sure that you don't get any second chances. But at the same time, they're making sure that they are keeping you to one-and-done opportunities. And that's where Old Dominion, in my opinion, is just going to get absolutely destroyed in this game. This is an Old Dominion team that really doesn't have anyone on the roster that gives you an earth of six rebounds per game. As a result, their overall rebound rate this season has been one of the most ghastly in all of college basketball, 318th. And even when they're at home, they still have a rebound rate that is in the bottom 50 in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, it's a Marshall team that, while they're not necessarily like batting down the hatches entirely, they're about 153rd in the country with that regard. I do think that Martin, along with Onchele Killian, going to be able to win the battle down low. That is going to allow Marshall to be able to win this game. So I think that this is a case where the flip of favorites, completely incorrect. I set Marshall as a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to be looking at them on the money line and for Old Dominion. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do their part with this total. This is an Old Dominion team that they still play relatively slowly. Just been a case of everybody will give you a, a tremendous amount of defense. And at the same time, this is a Marshall team that they're only shooting about 31.7% from distance himself. So looking at the under semi total 153 and a half and going to be looking at Marshall outright on the money line. And when it comes to teams that can't shoot, oh boy, you're in a in for a party as it is a party in Conference USA. 813, 814 on the betting board. Middle Tennessee hits the road to face off against UTEP. The Miners hope to come up in a major way for you as they're laying between about five to five and a half points. And the total in a lot of places is in that neighborhood about 127, 127 and a half. And I am going to be taking a look at the under in this spot because you've got a pair of teams that they just flat out can't shoot. With Middle Tennessee, they suffered a few injuries towards the beginning part of the season. Cameron Weston was looked at as being one of their top scorers. He has not been able to hit the floor recently. And 
You got a UTEP team that they themselves are shooting as a collector just above 30% from three-point range. And with this UTEP team, they've been a relatively solid defense. A top 100 team in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And they're a defense that really does a good job of being able to travel as well. This is going to be a home game for them, but they only see a drop-off of about two and a half points per 100 possessions when they're in a roadside shoot court environment. And if there is one thing that Middle Tennessee has been able to do a relatively okay job of, it's been their defense. They're about 125th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but got a pair of teams that have a really rough time taking care of the ball, and that's where your difference is going to come in with this Middle Tennessee squad. Middle Tennessee is just turning the ball over 13 times for contest, and now they have to go up against a UTEP team that ranks in the top 10 nationally in terms of turnover sports on a per-possession basis. That is a bad combination when you just can't for the life of you Shoot it from three-point range. This Middle Tennessee squad right now of your 362 Division One teams, they are clocking in with their three-point shooting percentage, 354th, and they shoot 23.7% from three-point range in a roadside shoot record environment. If had Elias King be able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range, he's giving you a little bit of offense, but this team is fifth worst in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage in a roadside shoot record environment. And you've also got a UTEP team that... They are not necessarily lighting the world on fire from distance as well, though they do have the best score in this game. That'd be Tay Hardy. Tay Hardy has been able to do a nice job of being a hardy soul, giving you 18 points, shooting north, nearly 40% from three-point range. UTEP, though, they rank 338th in the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage. They shoot just 28% from three-point range on their home floor. That is a little bit less than terrific, but at the very least, they do have some guys that are able to give you some rebounds, like Kevin Kalu has been able to give you about six rebounds per game. I do like what I've been seeing out of Calvin Solomon, six foot six combo player that comes in from Stone Cold Steve Foss, and he's been able to do a relatively solid job as well, giving you about five boards, a little bit of versatility, and as a result, you got a UTEP team that's still just a little bit more efficient offense. That's not saying much because they're 314th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, but Middle Tennessee, 350th in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. And this has been a pesky team out there in Conference USA in recent years as well. Injuries have just taken their toll. It's also a Middle Tennessee team that does not do a great job of being able to hit the glass as you don't really have anyone other than one guy that's able to give you north of six rebounds per game. So I do think that Middle Tennessee really going to be up against it against a whole bunch of guys over on this UTEP team. They're able to swarm. They're able to take away the ball. Jared Coleman-Jones has been the guy that's been able to give you north of five rebounds per game, and he's like the only guy in the roster right now that's giving you north of four and a half rebounds per game. So a circumstance where I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this battle with UTEP. I do think that they should be able to defend their home floor, get the job done by differentials, did set them as a nine-point favorite. So playing it with UTEP and looking at the under right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And how about if we take a look at a road team that I'm taking a little bit of a liking to on the board as well. This is 807-808 on the betting board. SIU Edwardsville hits the road face off against Lindenwood. Lindenwood is an underdog of three and a half to four points. Open up at three. Go on this game anywhere between 138 and a half and 139. And for Edwardsville, you've got actually the sons of Lorenzo Wright on this team. Shamar and Lamar Wright, or Shamar and also the other Wright brother. And these two guys, they've been able to do a relatively solid job on this front with Lamar Wright. He's been able to give you about nine and a half points per contest. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. And it's a SIU Edwardsville team that has some of the more just interesting guys in all of college basketball because you've got DeMarco Minor only stands six feet tall. He leads all players in this game with regards to rebounding with about eight boards per contest. And for Lindenwood, they just can't find anyone to be able to dole out the ball. Darius Bean is right now their main point guard with 2.2 assists per game. In terms of assists per made basket, it's a bottom five team 
in all of college basketball. Just very stagnant offense in general. And as a result, they're shooting 26.6% from three-point range. That is a bottom 10 mark in all of college basketball. Keenan Cole's been able to do a solid job. 19 points. He's able to give you six boards. Only guy on the roster that's given you, by the way, north of four rebounds per game. Lindenwood has been getting just completely smoked on the glass. And for SIU Ordersville, this was a team that very much last season was very good at being able to defend. They were a top 125 team with regards to their defensive efficiency, merely the amount of points that you allow on a per possession basis. And for SIU Ordersville, they got off to a very terrible start begin the season, but not, now I've given up 68 points or fewer in two other last three games. It does feel like it's starting to turn around for them a little bit, and this is a Lindenwood team that actually do an okay job of being able to guard the three-point arc, but inside, this team just gets absolutely destroyed. It's a Lindenwood team that is about 245th in all of college basketball in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. Credit to them, they actually don't travel the world's worst, but on their home floor, they are a bottom 75 team. There's a point slot on a per possession basis, and I do think that Edwardsville going to knock them off. Edwardsville, also a bottom 50 team in terms of total possessions per game. So I see a slog in this one, somebody told 135 and a half. Looking under, I'm willing to lay up to five. But that's how you Edwardsville line. Coming next, we're talking about the NFL playoffs, the NHL, and so much more with Scott Reichel, the Scorpion's Game Willing Podcast Network here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is always great to be joined by this fan as Scott Reichel. He is Mr. All Seeing, All Knowing in so many different markets. He does a great job on the NFL front, tennis, basketball, baseball, you name it. He does it. And Scott, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always good to have you aboard. And Scott, how about if we lead off with the NFL playoffs? So we're going to be hitting a whole bunch of different sports. We're going to go down under. We're going to hit a little NHL. We'll see if we've got some time for some NBA action as well. And how about if we start with the early game that we're going to be seeing 
in the NFL playoffs. This will be Ravens versus Texans. Texans currently find themselves as nine and a half point underdogs with a total between 43 and a half and 44. And do think that this is a really interesting game involving a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback against a guy that is probably going to be winning his second MVP award. But how do you take a look at this team? Because with regards to the Houston Texans, certainly not looking like a team that's got a whole bunch of rookies on their team. Yeah, the team's been very solid. Uh, Domenico Ryan's might end up winning the Coach of the Year award because of it. But I do think for this game, I'm going to link to the under at 43 and a half. Weather projection in Baltimore, not great for this game, but 15 mile per hour winds, wind gusts up to 30. So I do think wind will play a factor, potentially limiting some of the deep balls that Stroud likes to throw. But I think you're looking at what should be a pretty interesting game because Houston's defense has turned a corner recently as the Texans have allowed less than 20 points in each of their last three games. Baltimore, we know this defense is elite. It allowed 18.8 points per game in the regular season, which was the third fewest in the league. They faced off in week one, so I'm not sure how much you can actually take away from that, but the game did land 34. We know Baltimore, historically speaking, doesn't mind draining a lot of clock in playoff games, and I do think they're going to try to get the ground game going in this matchup. But with the wind, I do expect to see a lot of time-consuming drives, not many massive plays through the air, and I do think 43 and a half is a little bit too high because of it. I'm going to lean to the under. Yep, I think that that's a relatively solid look, and I do think that taking into account just what we're going to be getting weather-wise is something to be able to identify as well. And then when it comes to one of the biggest upstarts in all football right now, that'd be the Green Bay Packers. They are nine and a half point underdogs against the San Francisco 49ers. That last we saw the 49ers, they were, well, not having such a great performance against the uh, Baltimore Ravens on Christmas night in their home field. I really don't count the game against the Rams because that was a game in which all the starters were resting. And that means that the 49ers, they've had plenty of rest. Going into this one, totals between 50 and 51. How do you evaluate the hot team in the Green Bay Packers versus the well-rested and the number one seed in the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, it's pretty tricky to go against the Niners in general because I do think they are the best team in the NFC by a decent margin. Having said that, I do think, once again, Jordan Love and the Packers might be a little bit undervalued based on the spread. Shannon's never been a great uh, coach at actually covering big point spreads as a favorite before, so I'm not. I'm a bit skeptical on his ability to... Let's just say get off to a decent start and to carry that momentum throughout the course of the game. I do like a player prop in this game, though. I am going to go to Green Bay tight end Tucker Craft. I'll take him over two and a half receptions at minus 114. He's had at least three receptions in four of his last five games. The Niners have allowed at least three receptions to starting tight ends in four of their last five games. And Kraft has played a lot of snaps recently. He's played at least 80% of the snaps in each of the last eight games. We saw Musgrave come back for the Cowboy game, and Kraft still got 80-plus percent of the snaps. This line just feels a bit low to me, especially at minus 114. I'll take Kraft over two and a half receptions at minus 114. And then with regards to the Saturday slate as well, I believe that you did have a little bit of a player prop as well since you brought that up with Kraft over his reception total in the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans game involving Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's mostly just going to be a plus money play that I think has some value. I actually am an only to Lamar interception at plus 115. We've seen Houston play against the run relatively well recently. And with the win that I mentioned before, I do think Lamar might make a couple of dangerous throws. Maybe might take a quarter to adjust uh, to the actual climate in Baltimore. But Lamar has also, historically speaking, been a bit turnover prone in his playoff career. He's had at least one interception in each of his last or each of his four career uh, playoff games. So plus 115 against a pretty underrated, solid young defense, I think is pretty appealing. So I'm going to go with Lamar interception at what I think is a pretty decent plus price at plus 115. Yep, I think that that's got quite a bit of value. And as you were mentioning, the elements, they're going to be out there in this game. And that could cause for a little bit of tough grip on the football as well. As joining me on the show, we do have Scott Rachel, 
does tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And I am so glad that you mentioned interception props because one interception prop that has been cashing all year long if you've been taking the over slash yes, that would be Josh Allen interception props. And right now we find his Buffalo Bills being two and a half point favorites against the Kansas City Chiefs. Totals right around about 44 and a half to 45. And this is a spot where I do lean a little bit to the Kansas City Chiefs as of right now. I've yet to take a look at the spread, but certainly when it comes to Josh Allen being able to get any sort of a respectable number on him to throw an interception and in most places you're able to get this right around about a minus 110 or so. I think that's tremendous value on Josh Allen to throw a pick. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, he's had at least one interception in 14 of 18 games this season. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He just throws an interception all the time. And you're looking at his numbers against Kansas City in the regular season meeting. He did throw a pick in that game as well. Allen was clean in that Steelers game. Then again, the Steelers defense kind of let Buffalo run all over him. But I think you're looking at a spot where the Chiefs defense has been very solid recently. I think they're going to be up to the task in what should be cold weather, obviously, in Buffalo. But interception of minus 109 for a pretty turnover-prone quarterback. So a very solid deal with a good defense. I'll take Allen interception of minus 109. Yep, I'm right there with you. And then did you have any sort of a lean with regards to the spread slash the total, or is this one a little bit of a tough one? Because with the Chiefs, you've got an experienced team, but a bunch of weapons around Patrick Mahomes have sort of let him down. And with the Bills, I, I think that they might have a little bit more talent, but we were just alluding to it. You never know when that untimely Josh Allen interception is going to come. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean to Kansas City in this game. Buffalo has been winning, but I still have not been overly impressed by them. And going through the last couple of games, they have won uh, since they were able to go on a winning streak to win the AFC East, and they were able to parlay that into a win against the uh, Steelers in the wildcard weekend. The Steelers, you can make an argument, or a team that, I mean, of course they got in, so I guess they deserved it, but nobody was really afraid of them, especially with TJ Watt being injured. That game was competitive for a bit in the second half before the Bills scored a touchdown to kind of put the game out of reach, uh, but they beat the Dolphins kind of luckily because they got a punt return touchdown, barely beat the Patriots, won that game by six, Beat the Chargers with a brand new coach and Eason stick by two. You get my point. The last couple of games, the Bills have been winning, but they haven't looked overly dominant. And those teams are a lot worse than this Kansas City team. I think Kansas City, I don't want to say they're peaking at the right time because that's pretty cliche, but I do think they're built well to handle the cold weather into this time of year. So I do think the Chiefs are pretty alive to win this game. I like the Chiefs in the spot. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think that you just have to bank on the experience. It is going to be the first ever true road game for Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, but. I mean, he sort of dealt with that in the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. So I'm right there with you. And then we've got one other game in the NFL to take a look at. That would be the Bucks and the Detroit Lions with the Lions. In most places, they're a six-half point favorite. Where I'm at at Circa is a seven. And I think that that's just a clear buy spot for me on the um, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the total on this game, it is 48 and a half. And I know that in terms of this game, you've got a player prop on this one as well. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks here, and I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 112. I like the yards as well, but I actually did not see that market posted yet. But I do like Baker passing yards as well. Uh, but he's had at least two passing touchdowns in five of his last six games. He's had at least two passing touchdowns in seven of his last nine road games. He's actually played well on the road, and of course, this game is in a dome. And the Lions have allowed a lot of passing touchdowns this season, as the Lions are allowing 1.7 passing touchdowns per game, which is tied for the fifth most in the league. We saw Mayfield play really well against the Eagles, and I do think you're looking at what should be a good showing by him once again against a pretty shaky secondary. 
even though they were able to win that game against the Rams, Stafford still had, what do you have, like 370 passing yards, two touchdowns early on in that game. I think that Mayfield's in line for a pretty solid showing through the air, especially with Evans and Godwin, all the weapons that they have. Plus 112, I think it's a great deal. I'll take the over. And then with regards to that passing prop, I am seeing 253 and a half yards for Baker Mayfield. Would that still be a buy point for you? Yeah, that sounds too low to me. There's a couple ways to get there. Either one, he has a great game like he did against Philly against a pretty shaky secondary. Or, you know, maybe the Lions bury him and you get a bunch of garbage time and he does his best Dak impression. So a couple ways to get there. But I do think at the end of the day, 253 and a half for a guy that got into the 330s last week. The only concern with Mayfield was really the health with the ribs, but he looked fine in that last week. So I'm going to go with Mayfield passing yards as well. Yep, I agree with you. That was something that I was concerned about going into that game against Philadelphia as well. And he put all that to rest. It is going to be a little bit of short rest here for the Buccaneers, but still, I'm right there with you on that front. And we've got about a minute remaining. Do you have a tennis pick or two with regards to the Australian Open before we take a look at the NHL card on the flip side? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to look at a match taking place tomorrow. It's going to be between Djokovic and Echeverry. And I'm going to fade the greatest player of all time. I'm going to take Echeverry plus eight at minus 120. Djokovic has been winning, but he hasn't exactly looked good. Had a four-set marathon against Prismich in the first round, then had a four-set battle against Papyron. Point is, Djokovic has been battling a wrist issue for a while, and it does seem like it's bothering him once again. We saw him stretching it out in the middle of that Papyron match, but he's been vulnerable. He's dropped a set in each of those two. Echeverry's been really good. Ended up beating Murray in straight sets, beat Monfi in straight sets. I know those two guys are past their prime, but the point is that Echeverry's been in very good form, and Djokovic has been going a pretty long way against some players he's normally accustomed to beating handily. I think Djokovic is overvalued in the spot. I'll take the guy who has not dropped a set yet at plus eight games. You can still cover that by losing in straight sets. So give me Echeverry plus eight to minus 120. I like that look, and I always love getting Scott Reichel, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, aboard because he does a great job covering a little bit of everything. We hit on some NFL and some tennis here, and coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at the NBA and NHL cards for the Thursday right here on the Guy Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Become a Visa Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our picks page over at VSIN.com slash picks. You get picks from all the guests that have joined this show. That includes the man that's joining me right now, Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, all of our hosts from today, my college basketball insights, and so much more. And by being a listener to the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, you're able to save 10% off of an annual subscription. Just utilize the promo code GREG. That is G-R-E-G over at VSIN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, always great to be joined by Scott Reichel. He does tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott, I know that we've talked hockey quite a few times thus far this season, and it's one thing that you said in the last segment about Josh Allen interception props. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And I know you've given this one out quite a bit, and I like the look here. We go Maple Leafs versus the Calgary Flames. Flames are about a plus 105, plus 110 home underdog, but we're really looking at the total here. Total's a six and a half, shaded up to the over, about minus 120 on the over. And I know you've been pounding Maple Leafs overs all season long, and feels like this is another one that is catching your eye. 
Yeah, I'm going to look at the over in this game. Uh, Toronto had a little bit of a solid defensive run for about a week, but that was short-lived as they have blown almost every lead that they've had for the past week. Not a great defensive team. They've allowed at least four goals in each of their last four games, but Toronto can score. Uh, they're averaging 3.48 goals per game, which ranks sixth in the league. The Flames are mediocre offensively, 3.16 goals per game, which ranks 15th. But I do think with the game being in Calgary, that should be able to maybe provide a little bit of a spark there to the Flames offensively. But if you want to go through the head-to-head -head meetings, three of the last four meetings have had at least seven goals. And they faced off one time this season already. Game landed nine. So six and a half, I just think is too low. I think each team can reach three. And of course, if that happens at hockey, you automatically win because of overtime. But six and a half with Toronto's recent defensive form is really too low for me, especially at minus 120. I'm going to take the over. And the Maple Leafs have been a little bit better in net in the last few games, but this is still a rocket ship offense when it comes to the NHL. So I do agree with you there. And then I do want to get your thoughts on this game as well. It's the Rangers going on the road against the Vegas Golden Knights. And Golden Knights, they have really been scuffling over the last about month and a half or so. They find themselves as home underdogs as plus 110, plus 115 home underdogs at the Fortress. Total on this game is six. Any sort of a lean here with a Golden Knights team that... They could really use this win to finally be able to get back-to-back -back wins for the first time in seemingly an eon. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean to the Rangers in this game. No offense, uh, but I do think the Rangers are the better team. Uh, you're looking at the form they were in. They were on a four-game losing streak, bounced back, beat the Capitals, and ended up beating the Kraken by three at home in their last game. As for Vegas, this team got off to a really good start when, uh, when you know, in the first couple months of the season. Then they kind of fell off a cliff, and they're trying to piece it together. They've still been good at home. But they've kind of been alternating wins and losses recently, a little bit too inconsistent for me. They've had some goaltending injuries. They've had some overall injuries in general to key pieces, Eichel, for example. But I do think that the Rangers are the more talented roster, and the Rangers are pretty good on the road as well. I'm going to lean to the Rangers here. It feels pretty cheap to get a team that I think is just better. So I'll take the better team at minus 130. Yep, and then when it comes to teams out there in the great state of New York, this is a game that was actually postponed on Wednesday, and it's now going to be played on Thursday. The line relatively the same as what we were seeing when it was taken off the board on Wednesday. That would be the Chicago Blackhawks on the road facing off against the Buffalo Sabres. And when you're seeing the Blackhawks, not quite the same as the San Jose Sharks in terms of their pricing, but it's getting pretty darn close as for the Blackhawks. They're about plus 230 to plus 240 underdogs. Total on this game is six. How do you view this Sabres versus Blackhawks game? Because obviously the money line, very, very chalky. And I think that you're looking in a different direction rather than the straight up money line. Yeah, so before the game got canceled, I actually had a decent-sized play on the Sabres puck line, but I'm not going to run that back. I just like Chicago on a back-to-back -to, -back to fade them uh, with their backup goalie. But with the extra time off now, I'm going to stay away from that angle. I do like a player prop in this game instead. I'm going to go with Sabres forward Tage Thompson, and I'm going to go with him over three and a half shots at minus 104. He's had at least four shots in eight of his last 11 games. He's had at least five shots in five of his last seven home games, and Chicago does allow a bunch of shots they are, are allowing the sixth most shots per game in the league. We saw them give up 30-plus shots to San Jose in their last game. That's pretty tough to do. But give me Tage Thompson over three and a half shots of minus 104. I do like that lean. And then to wrap it up with regards to our NHL chatter, I think that this is a game that needs to be served up. It's one of the biggest games that we're going to see of the night. It's the Boston Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche are anywhere between about plus 120 to plus 126 underdogs. Total in most places is a six. I'm seeing a a line here at Circa pop up with a six and a half shaded down to the under. How do you evaluate this matchup between two of the heavyweights of the NHL? Yeah, I'm going to lean to the over. I see six and minus 130. I don't really mind the six and a half, but still, 
Kind of similar to the Maple Leafs and Flames game, I think it's realistic each team reaches three in this game. So overtime for an automatic winner can be a pretty realistic opportunity in this game. But the Avalanche have been a very high-scoring team recently, and defensively they have not been great lately, as the Avalanche are averaging 3.73 goals per game, which is the second most in the league. The Bruins are averaging 3.3 goals per game, which ranks 11th. So both teams are pretty solid offensively. And seven of Colorado's last eight games have had at least seven goals. They had a goal with a they had a game with 11 uh, against Ottawa the other night. But the point is Colorado defensively and in net not exactly great. Offensively still elite, but you're looking at Boston. I do think they can score enough in order to get the job done. For the last five meetings between them have had at least six goals. We saw the last meeting go to overtime. That game landed seven, but six with the Avalanche right now. Once again, seven of eight have had at least seven goals. That totals too low to me with Colorado. So I'm gonna go with the over. I like that look as joining me on the show. We've got Scott Rochelle. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and able to serve up some good NHL plays for Thursday. Now let's take a look at the NBA card with these Thursdays. You always get the two primetime games out there on TNT, but we've got a little bit more than that, and we've got ourselves a Washington Wizards team that's been allergic to defense all season long. Going on the road face off against the New York Knicks, Knicks find themselves as 11-point favorites with a total of 237. How do you view this game? Because with the Wizards, it's just been a team that I feel like many betters have put on the blacklist, and I cannot blame any single one of them for the way that they played thus far this season. Yeah, unfortunately, the Wizards sabotaged my Detroit fade rollover parlay the other day, so that's a bit unfortunate. It was a fun experiment when it happened, but still. Uh, Point is, I'm going to go with a player prop here. I'm going to go with Jordan Poole under 22.5 PRA at minus 113. I do like the Knicks in this spot, but they are on a back-to-back. The game against Houston was pretty physical, so I don't exactly feel great laying this big of a number with a team on a back-to-back. So I'm going to go with Jordan Poole instead. We know how bad he's been all year long. He's had less than uh, 23 PRA in seven of his last 10 games. The Knicks are allowing just 110.9 points per game, which is tied for the third fewest in the league. And Poole's not been good against the Knicks in previous years, as he's had less than 23 PRA in four of his last five meetings against the Knicks. But simply put, we know Poole's been a mess all year long. And the Knicks defense is elite, especially with all the high-quality wings they have now, whether it's Josh Hart defensively, Ananobi, DiVincenzo, you get the point. Poole, I just don't trust him enough to actually contribute in a variety of ways, and I do think the Knicks can keep him in check. Give me Poole under 22.5 PRA at minus 113. Yep, it hasn't been anything but a pool party thus far this season. It's been like a pool pity party at this point because, man, that has been rough to say the least. And the Wizards, again, playing no defense whatsoever. And then when it comes to this one, I think we're going to get a little bit of a better effort from this road team. It's the OKC Thunder and the road face off against Utah. Utah is a three to three and a half point underdog. Totals between 246 and 246 half. How do you evaluate this one with a Thunder team that they are coming off of a relatively rough loss against the LA Clippers two nights ago, but all in all have really been able to put together a nice season. Yeah, but Utah's been great recently, so it's kind of tricky to uh, try to pick a side here. It's a weird scheduling spot for Utah. Of course, they were supposed to be on a back-to-back, but the game against the Golden State Warriors got canceled, so we'll see how they look in this game at home. Utah's very good at home. They're 15-5. and five. Like I am a bit tempted to lean to Utah. I do have to point out the totals 246.5, which is why I am going to lean to a player prop in this game. I'm going to go with Chet Holmgren. I'm going to take him over 2.5 assists at minus 136. Once again, the total is 246 and a half. So we're going to start there. Uh, but he's had at least three assists in nine of his last 11 games. He's had at least three assists in five of his last seven road games. And Utah, despite the recent surge, is still allowing a ton of assists per game. 
Utah is allowing the third most assists per game in the entire league. But Chet's gone over regularly over the last couple of weeks, and it's two and a half. That line feels way too low for a total this high. Give me Holmgren over two and a half assists, a minus 136. I like that look. And then how about if we take a look at this game involving the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings? The Pacers probably not going to have reinforcements in this game, but they made a rather sizable trade as they're going to be getting Pascal Siakam. And this is a line of seven and a half with the Sacramento Kings laying it totals between 245 and a half and 247. And I think the real question is, how do the Kings bounce back after blowing a 22.4th quarter lead two nights ago? Yeah, it was impressive. They blew a 22-point lead in about six and a half minutes. But still, uh, Indiana's not been great recently either. Lost to Denver, and they got buried by Utah. Apparently, Utah is a freight train at this point. I'm going to lean over. I know it's going to be the pretty simplistic play. Halliburton's questionable, so we'll see what happens, which is why I really don't want to lay seven and a half with Sacramento. So I'm going to lean to Indiana, but I don't really like their form either, and they're going to be shorthanded to some degree. I'm going to lean over, though. Pace should be crazy. I see a lot of up-tempo, quick possessions, a lot of bad defense being played in transition. I'm going to lean over in this game. Hopefully Halliburton plays, but I do think the over's worth a look. I do think that it is as well. When the Pacers are in action, the over's always in play, and it's always in play for us. Is great insight by Scott Reichel. He does tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And wrap up with the show next, I get you guys my DK Network write-up pick and a beer review right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs and is bringing you an offer that'll make the playoffs all the more electrifying as new customers can place a bet of $5 on any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code Vegas when you do. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code of Vegas because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. 
We're back here for the final segment of the night right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Bank Network. If you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, coming up next, you get a replay of this fine program. Meanwhile, at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, it is two of the best. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they're going to be bringing you Follow the Money, and they're going to do an absolutely tremendous job of, I'm sure, giving their thoughts on Mike McCarthy coming back with the Dallas Cowboys. Mitch, like myself, a man from the great state of Wisconsin, and I think we've got a similar opinion of Mike McCarthy, so that's going to be a bundle of fun to take a look at. They're going to get you guys except for what is going to be a tremendous Thursday out there in the NBA, college basketball, and obviously do a tremendous job taking a look at the NFL playoffs. So now my objective is very clear. Get you guys to follow the money safely, hopefully with a little bit more money in pocket as well. These DK Network write-ups are going very, very well, and we're going to look to keep it going because you're only as good as the last one that you gave out. Had a no-doubt winner on Wednesday with regards to the over in UTSA versus Tulsa. So we're going to look to duplicate that, and we have been hitting a lot of winners. So we've got to find a way to celebrate, and perhaps something I need to take note of is I need to review better beers because these are supposed to be celebratory beers, and we've been giving out some lower scores, and that trend does continue here on Hoops on Hops. I do need to give a shout out to our beloved producer, Dan, who does a tremendous job always being able to produce this show. I know that he is a big fan of Milwaukee's. Now, I personally like Milwaukee's light a little bit more than Milwaukee's best ice. I decided to try the Milwaukee's best ice. This one was not necessarily my favorite. Now, I will say it got a better score than Daddy Daddy yesterday. Anyone that listened to the show yesterday, 2.25 out of 10. And I am a very, very generous scorer when it comes to these. So, yeah, that was rough. But this one was also a little bit off-putting as well. It's certainly not a beer that dazzles. And the one thing I will give it, very good price point. I was able to pick up a 15-pack for $9.99. So, it's a thumbs up there. But, as I said, a little bit of a metallic taste that I could do without. It is crisp. And this is something that you're able to get 5.9% alcohol by volume for under 150 calories. So, that's actually not too bad for those of you guys looking to get into a little bit of a diet mode for the uh, January year doing those new year's resolutions. But this is another one of those beers that typically the sign of a bad beer is you're just naturally going to have it get a little bit warmer when it's left out. You do your best to keep it as cold as humanly possible, but pour it into whatever you pour it into, you leave it in the can. It's going to get a little bit warmer and gets worse as it goes along. That happened with our good friend, Milwaukee's best ice, Milwaukee's best ice. It scores a 4.7 out of 10, which if you're scoring at home, that is more than double what Natty Daddy got. So hopefully we can just jump up and double our score tomorrow. That would give us a 9.4 out of 10 on our next beer review. I am not sure if that's going to be happening as we're going to be going with another mainstream cheap beer. I do these reviews for you guys. So hopefully you appreciate them and hopefully it brings you a little bit of a laugh. And we do have to sift out which of these cheap beers are worth buying and which ones are not. And hopefully we get you guys a play that is going to be worth buying, and hopefully it makes you some money to be able to buy cheap or expensive beers. So how about if we dive in on 821-822 on the betting board with my DK Network write-up pick. Oregon State hits the road face-off against Utah. Utah does find themselves as 15 to 15 and a half point favorites. Total on this game, and between 143 and a half to a 144, and 
We're going to be sticking with the totals. They've been treating us quite well last few days and been taking a look at a lot of overs in college basketball. Overs do have a lead over unders overall for the college basketball season. As a matter of fact, nearly 50.9-ish percent of games have been going over this season. But my write-up here is going to be on the under of 144 because you've got an Oregon State team that their numbers... They are very much misleading as we are diving in on that right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And the reason why the Oregon numbers are misleading is because they have played so much overtime. As a matter of fact, in terms of overtime points per game, they and George Washington are tied for the most of any team in all of college basketball. And George Washington played a harebrained triple overtime game, I believe, against Fordham. That caused for that. But with this Oregon State team, they have legitimately played 30 more minutes than any team that has not played an overtime game thus far this season. They've had four games in total go to overtime. Two of those went to double overtime, which is why they are a team that right now is about 215th of the country in terms of points per game with 71.7. But if you subtract the amount of points that they've gotten in overtime, that drops to 67 points per game in regulation. And I feel like that's why we're seeing these totals get propped up just a little bit too much. Now, it's a Utah team that they themselves have been pretty solid on offense, and this Oregon State team, they do take a little bit of a nosedive with their defense away from home. At Corvallis, they do have a nice home court advantage, as it's an Oregon State team that is about 160th in the country. It turns points a lot on a per-possession basis, giving up well north of 15 points fewer per runner in possessions at home rather than on the road. But this is one of the most demonstrative home and road splits you're going to find in all of college basketball, the Utah. Utah also has a tremendous home court environment, and when it comes to their games in Salt Lake City, they're giving up 30.8 points fewer per one hour possessions at home rather than in a roadside shooter court environment. So a big giant split there. And this is an Oregon State team that going along the lines of these home and road splits as well. They shoot 37.2% from three-point range at home. 26.6% from distance in a roadside shooter court environment. Much of it is because they've been reliant upon Jordan Pope to really be able to lead the way for this team. And he has been tremendous as a scorer, giving you about 18 points per contest, shooting in the high 30s from three-point range. He has gotten the job done and then some for this Oregon State team. But really outside of Jordan Pope, you've got one other player that averages north of four points per contest that is able to shoot north of 31% from three-point range. Chuck Sircano, who's been able to give you about 12.5 points per contest, He's been solid. And for this Oregon State team, I will say, as a sort of a uh, makeshift, put it all together, sort of rebounding team that cobbles it up with a bunch of random pieces, you do have Casey Abique, along with Michael Rotage and Tyler Bladu, who have all been able to give you about 5 to 5.8 rebounds per game. It is an Oregon State team that I think is going to have a little bit of a tough time on the glass. That said, they have not been the world's worst rebounding team. They're about 164th in the country with regards to rebound rate, but what they don't do with regards to hitting the glass is get themselves a second chance when they're away from home. This is an Oregon State team that's currently rebounding 20.1% of their misses in a roadside shoot court environment. That ranks 328th in all of college basketball. And when you're shooting 26.6% from three-point range away from home and you're also not able to grab offensive rebounds, that's an issue for your offense as this Oregon State team they are about 230th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Again, going into that narrative of the overtimes is making this Oregon State team look much better than what they are offensively. And on defense, it does warp their numbers a little bit as well. Meanwhile, you do have a Utah team that they themselves, not necessarily the world's greatest at being able to generate a second chance who are in third in the country with regards to their offensive rebound rate, though you do have Brandon Carlson. He's been able to do a tremendous job as a seven-footer, shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range, shipping in their 17 points, six-plus rebounds per game. So do like what I've been seeing out of him. And 
This is a Utah team that if you do have a bit of trepidation with them, they're dealing with an injury with their main point guard, Raleigh Worcester. He was missing in the team's last game. He's been able to dole out five plus assists per contest. Does a solid job putting in there about 10 points per contest. Still have Gabe Madsen in the fold. He's been north of a 44% three-point shooter, but he has been a little bit of a trigger man for this team. And what I also think is very interesting about Utah is that they have really had to slow down their tempo. They now rank about 190th in all of college basketball with regards to possessions per game, but that dramatic drop has happened in the last three games. Compared to their first 14 games of the season in their last three, Utah playing at a rate of 12 possessions per game fewer. So we are seeing a big fall off there. I do think that that is going to result in a low-scoring slog of a game where Oregon State, I don't think that they're going to get a lot generated on offense. They do a relatively solid job on the defensive glass, though, so I do think that this number of 15 a little bit too high, especially with Worcester dealing with a little bit of an injury. So anything of 15 or more, I was willing to take the points with Oregon State, but did sell my total at a 144 or a 134.5. So here at a 144, my DK network right at pick that is on the total under. And in terms of the side, going to be willing to take 15 plus here with Oregon State. And how about if we wrap things up with good hearty folks out there in the great state of Idaho? It is a battle for the Potato State. 817-818 on the betting board. Idaho State, they do playoffs to Idaho. The Idaho Vandals hope to not vandalize bankrolls as between five and five and a half point underdogs. The last game is 133 and a half. And when it comes to this Idaho bunch, I did set them as a bit of a larger underdog. I'm going to be willing to lay it with Idaho State. I did set them as a six point favorite. So five and a half is pretty much max. I'm going to be willing to lay it, but I'm going to be willing to lay it. And I do think that this is a game that could be close enough for late game fouling. I did set my total as a result out of 136. Got a pair of teams outside the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis and an Idaho team that has really been giving up the arc. So I do think that you've got some value here on this over. And in the battle for the great state of Idaho, going with the Bengals, willing to lay up to 5.5 with them. And what we're taking a look at at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern is another tremendous edition of Follow the Money with Mitch Boss and Paul Howard here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 